Welcome to the Naturally Nourished Podcast that delivers cutting-edge food as medicine solutions for optimal health. Allie Miller is a nutrition expert sought up by the media and America's top medical institutes for her revolutionary functional medicine interventions. From disease treatment to prevention, every episode will empower you with ways to put yourself back in control of your health. Please note, the topics discussed are for educational purposes only. Now welcome, Integrative Dietitians Allie Miller and her co-host Becky Yu. Welcome to the Naturally Nourished Podcast. You are joining us for episode 297, all about B vitamins. So we've done a couple episodes about three nutrients, and those are kind of big fan favorites. I know. We're always Um, surprised. Yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) But they are good. They're good. So today we're going to really drill down and, and just do a full overhaul on all of the B family vitamins, what they are what they do, how to get them in your diet, and when you might want to consider supplementation. Yes. Also in today's episode, we will be touching on methylation, labs, the role of B vitamins in metabolism and energy. Um, So before we do all that, lots to cover today, but before we get into things, um, let's just have a few updates. So really the only big announcement or thing that we've going on, um, we've had such great success with the flash sale on our 12-week keto meal plans and of our archived keto program that we're going to go ahead and extend that sale for another week um, or so. We'll allow you guys to continue to use the discount code um, of KETOFAM10 to get $10 off the 12-week keto meal plan. So that knocks it down from $45 to only $35. Well worth it. Um, Less than $3 a week at that point. Mm -hmm. Yep. I mean, that's less than a fancy coffee pretty much anywhere. Less than even a boring coffee. Uh Boring coffee. It's true. (laughs) It's true with inflation and whatnot. Um, And then the um, keto class code is KETOFAM50 for $50 off that class. So if you're looking to um, shed a few pounds for swimsuit season or, you know, just kind of ring out, I think either or both of those could work really nicely hand in hand. If interested in making a keto miracle baby or recalibrating your hormones or or, you know, working on shifts for cognitive clarity, healthy aging, reducing inflammation, nutritional ketosis can totally be a way to go. And you don't want to just do keto with anyone. Our naturally nourished approach, of course, takes that food as medicine foundation. So we take more of a Mediterranean approach. You're going to get two to three cups of leafy greens every day. You're going to get therapeutic foods in there like bone broth for electrolyte stability, which helps to combat things like the keto flu. So you'll learn really deep dive how to get into nutritional ketosis, a customized way to build a protein call, uh, six deep dive hour plus classes in that archive, as well as tons of handout materials. And as an archive program, you can rewatch it. You can watch it many times. You have access through the lifehood of our website. So a really cool thing to jump into during the summertime. And then yes, the meal plans are going to be provided with you as one download of the entire 12 week meal plan. So you will get it almost as a compressed book. It's actually like more thorough than most cookbooks out there. For 200 pages, yeah. Totally. And then you'll also get in our drip campaign a weekly email to kind of prime you, which will provide you with your weekly grocery list, your matrix or the layout of eating of meals and snacks, as well as your weekly challenge. So we have challenges from movement to playing with different types of fasting to ensuring you're meeting your protein needs and so much more. Um, And then each week also has seven unique recipes, some way beyond that. But we really put in a lot of painstaking effort to make sure that you got a variety of different intensive levels. So there's simple things like a foldy that's elevated, which is basically a lettuce wrap or a kale leaf or a charred leaf with a different type of dipping sauce, maybe a chimichurri or a pesto or a truffle aioli and then a protein and a fat on there, um, all the way into some more intensive elements like spatchcock chicken, um, which is a whole roasted chicken and the best way to prepare it for crispy skin and so much more fun in there. We've been hearing amazing feedback. So we wanted to give you guys, in case you missed it, a couple more days to take advantage of that. So those of you that are listening to this as an archive, just stay tuned. I'm sure we'll be offering something in the future and it's definitely worth its full price value. But if you're listening to this live and you subscribe to the Naturally Nourished podcast, definitely take advantage of it and we will allow this to run through July 5th. Okay. 
All right, moving on to something fun coming up in July. Yes. Allie's going to be speaking at KetoCon. Yes, so just a couple weeks down the road, come join us in Austin, Texas. I will be on the medical panel on Friday, which is always so much fun. I love sharing a functional medicine perspective with other keto expert physicians and healthcare practitioners. And then I will be on Saturday on the main stage also doing a keynote where I'm talking about ketosis and the immune system connection. Um, So that'll be a really good time to hit on the impact of oxidative stress and cytokine storms and all sorts of mechanisms of action that nutritional ketosis can have on whole body health, regulating inflammation, and priming our immune system for optimal function. Uh, KetoCon is really my favorite annual event to attend, and after missing it now from the pandemic, I'm so excited that they're back in you know, in person at the Palmer Event Center in Austin, Texas. It is the largest event in the country focused solely on the science and the stories of a ketogenic diet and lifestyle. And Becky and I always have a blast really engaging directly with the 50 plus speakers. And these range from medical professionals to researchers to tech developers to fitness experts and everyday people who have had phenomenal outcomes using the keto diet and lifestyle to improve their health. There's really a low ego and an easy community to meld right in do. So if you've been feeling isolated, you don't need a buddy to attend. You're totally going to meet some other really cool, like-minded people. Um, And Becky and I, when we're there, I mean, we're just there. We're going to be, I'm going to be also scheduling in, I don't know the time yet, but a 40 minute book signing and meet and greet. So Becky and I will be there to just give hugs and say hello. And then we're probably also going to be squeezing in on that weekend, a meetup of sorts once we get the scheduling laid out. So stay tuned for that. We'll probably be posting things on uh, our social media. So check out at Allie Miller RD at Instagram or Facebook to stay on top of our schedule. But to get your tickets, the more important thing, make sure that you go on over to ketocon.org. And when you go to ketocon.org, you can save 10% on your three-day admission. You only have a couple more days to take advantage of this. This code remains live until July 1st, which at that point, if you're traveling, you got to get your tickets. So go on over to ketocon.org. And again, the code is NOURISHED10. Grab your tickets. We can't wait to meet you. I know that you're going to leave it inspired and invigorated, and it's just going to be a whole lot of fun, a combination of nerdy with an awesome time. Yes. So looking forward to it. All right, let's get into today's episode. So starting just with the overall kind of basic question, um, what are B vitamins and why do they matter or what do they do in our body? Yes, so B vitamins are water-soluble vitamins that play a role in our cellular metabolism, our energy production, and the synthesis of red blood cells. So these vitamins have similar names in the sense that they start with B and then a number, um, but they are all chemically distinct compounds. And often we will see a synergy or coexisting, if you will, of many of these B comps, compounds, excuse me, in a complex or in foods that are going to be synergistic and provide multiple forms of different B vitamins. Most B vitamins will play a role with converting carbs, protein, and fat into energy. So they play a huge role with energy production and metabolism. And we're going to assume that that's the role of all of these B vitamins, but I kind of want to go down through the list, name them, identify them, and then beyond their role in energy production and metabolism, talk about some of the unique elements of the various B vitamins. I think that's a good idea. Let's start with B1. Okay, so with B1, we're talking about thiamine here. And thiamine is going to play a role in the synthesis of our DNA as well as having a dynamic role in our nervous system function. So we know that in the world of deficiency, severe deficiency is seen through beriberi. This is usually seen only in like third world countries or non-fortified grains um, of people that have very limited diets and food scarcity or in alcoholism. Be that B vitamins are water soluble, we see alcoholism or excessive alcohol consumption, as well as diuretics, um, so kind of combination mechanism there of depleting or reducing the B vitamin status. And when thiamine levels get low, we can see loss of appetite, we can see weakness, we can see pain in the limbs, shortness of breath, and then swelling in legs and feet. Okay. 
And then moving right along to B2 or riboflavin. Yes. So riboflavin plays a huge role with eye health and skin. We think of cracks in the lips and tongue swelling as being signs of deficiency, as well as skin conditions. And then riboflavinosis is the diagnosis that we would see with chronic low levels of riboflavin. And B2 is often prescribed in higher levels for migraines, actually, as well. I'm sure you see that all the time. Absolutely. Um, And then moving on to B3 or niacin, I typically think of that in like the cardiovascular health. Totally. So it plays a role both with fatty acid synthesis, and it has been shown to play a huge role in improving our cholesterol profile. Um, I'm sure that when we talked about the navigating the cardiometabolic profile, You know, niacin is our go-to for increasing that HDL. Mm -hmm. So we'll usually put someone on the B-complex if they haven't been on that, in addition to their multivitamin. And then if need be, we might even bring in some extended release niacin. And this is a great way to ramp up that HDL, which is that protective broom-like compound of our cholesterol. So the higher, the more cardioprotective there. Um, We can see with low levels of niacin, muscle weakness, loss of appetite, Allegra, um, and that would be the kind of diagnostic with the clinically low. Um, we can also see in this world of pellagra, the symptoms would be diarrhea, dermatitis, dementia, and then death. Um, and I remember that when I was you know, studying for our nutrition yeah. exam. The, four, the <laughs> yeah. four Ds of, of pellagra yep. and niacin deficiency. It's, it's interesting that all of these B vitamins have a nutritional diagnosis term, sure. or many of them, I should say. Um, and that just shows, it goes to show how significant when you think of conventional or allopathic medicine, and they're often not acknowledging the importance of nutrition, it's like, well, there are nutrient deficient related disease states that are actually diagnostic based on limited compound in the body. So again, always starting upstream and working with the nutrient to support optimal function. And yet, you know, most conventional doctors would have no idea how to screen for or assess any of these. And we'll talk about how to assess your B vitamins in a little bit here. Yes, totally. Um, And then moving on to B5 pantothenic acid. So I think of hair and Pantene Pro-V here. Pantene Pro-V for sure. Um, So we do see hair health influenced by pantothenic acid. Hormone production. Uh, So this is a big piece of the puzzle of hormone balance and a role in fertility. Uh, We look at digestive health, which is a trend through a lot of the different B vitamins. And then the pantothenic acid also plays specifically a role in our red blood cells. So often we just think of B12 and folate, but pantothenic acid plays a big role there as well. When we're deficient in B5, we can see fatigue, insomnia, that's a little bit of a marked one that we didn't see with the other B vitamins. This one is really known to have a role with mood, so depression or irritability with deficiency, vomiting, stomach pains, burning feet, that's a unique element Mm -hmm. to a B5 to watch for, and upper respiratory infections or susceptibility too. And we will talk a little bit at the end of today's episode on viral infection and the influence of B vitamins. There was some interesting literature that came out during COVID on the role of B vitamins. Um, A lot of it with NAD and the niacin Mm -hmm. connection, but we'll we'll talk about that in a moment. Interesting. And I've seen that as a common trend um, when running a micronutrient panel. It's often something I'll do post-COVID if people are having kind of long haul symptoms and a lot of times their Bs are pretty remarkably hit. Absolutely. Um, After B5, we go up to B6, so pyridoxine. This is a cofactor for our neurotransmitters. And so this is the big one that we think that activates, uh, for instance, our 5-HTP into serotonin. Um, So as a cofactor, it takes these precursors of our neurotransmitters and activates them. So B6 plays a huge role, with that being said, in mood, brain function, and also in hormone production. Deficiency of B6 can be seen with anxiety, depression, and muscle weakness. Okay. Um, And that's also a big area of deficiency, I think, under stress. Yes. (laughs) That's one of the stress stories. I mean, when we see Bs low overall, we can attribute stress. Um, but specifically those that play a role with our neurotransmitter production and those that really play a role with our adrenals. Yes. And common clear is a really good place to start with. Yes. <laughs> that B6, but for we'll sure. Get there. Um, what about biotin? So we think of this with like hair and nail health as well. Yeah. So biotin generally is never referred to as B7, but it is B7 mm-hmm. as well. Um, and so this plays a big role with fat synthesis 
and hair and nail health. I think that that's kind of known in the beauty field, go for biotin. Um, but it's interesting, it also plays a role in cardiometabolic health by actually reducing the LDL. And so that's why Becky and I in clinic would start with the B-complex versus just niacin, sure. because why not get both the biotin and the niacin, bump up that HDL and lower that LDL mm-hmm. to get a synergistic improved outcome in cardiometabolic health. Um, so we can see deficiency in the biotin with lack of appetite, and that's been kind of a common trend here. So if someone's dealing with nausea or low appetite, B vitamins would be a good thing to consider. We can also see vomiting and depression with low biotin. Um, We think of biotin as a big tool in neurological health. So like in the field of multiple sclerosis, we see mega biotin therapies as something to consider. I watch out for egg white consumption because egg whites bind biotin. So especially watching out for like um, RX butter, nut butters, which have, you know, egg white protein in them or not using egg white protein in your shakes regularly. Um, And that's why we want you to have the whole egg because in that yolk is actually where that biotin is going to be. And most of the B vitamins are going to be present there as long as as well as the essential fatty acids. Um, So most, and of course that choline. Um, So definitely eat the whole egg. And I just want to note as far as, again, considering biotin, like if you want the hair health, again, as we talked about pantothenic acid and pantothenate, um, B5 also plays a role with hair, skin, and nails. And so again, starting with a B complex in a balanced state of synergy would probably be a better alternate. And it's important to note that biotin supplements can interfere with your thyroid function. So they can falsely suppress your TSH levels. um, And that may have an inappropriate intervention as far as maybe thyroid medication reduction, or um, it can really interfere with, of course, our thyroid levels. So you'd want to wait if you are taking a B-complex. You might consider, especially if you're troubleshooting and your TSH isn't aligning with your free T3 and your free T4, um, at least a couple days, like two days prior mm-hmm. to a thyroid test to avoid a biotin supplement. So I would hold the B-complex if you're taking that daily on top of your multi-defense or multi-avail mama. And um, if you're still getting things off, you might even hold or half your multi. Sure. Um, and, and, you know, watching out too for like the hair, skin, and nails formula of the day that they're selling. Oh, that's yeah. like There's a lot that are really high dose um, biotin, and I've definitely seen interference on, on thyroid labs. And, you know, this is just another reason that we need a thorough thyroid yes. panel that includes not just that TSH, which can be, you know, falsely suppressed without hyperthyroid, um, but your free T3 and free T4 could actually be suboptimal or low, and you could be experiencing hypothyroidism and not even know it, right? Right. Your doctor could say, oh, it's hyperthyroid Mm -hmm. because it's a suppressed TSH, but your numbers are low and you actually need more of a dose of a medication or something. Yep. Totally. I think that's really important. Okay. The last two we got are folate and B12. So folate is technically B9 and um, folate or methylfolate or folinic acid are the favorable forms or structures of this nutrient. You'll most commonly see it in the form of folic acid, which is different. I want to distinguish folinic acid um, is different than folic acid. And so when we're looking at optimal choices, uh, and we'll get actually there in a moment. I'm going to space bar that and not talk about methylation yet, but but it's important and we'll we'll get there. But folate in general plays a role with DNA synthesis. Um, it plays a role with our red blood cell formation. It plays a huge role with healthy cell growth and function. We think of this one as the really essential critical nutrient during early pregnancy to reduce the risk of birth defects, especially of the brain and spine. And we know that folate plays a role in um, also our neurological health in general because of that. So we can see deficiency symptoms of anemia because of that red blood cell response. We can see GI pain, fatigue, weakness, mouth sores, and neurological issues. And then finally, B12 or cobalamin, which could be in the form of methylcobalamin, hydroxycobalamin, um, adenosyl, hydroxycobalamin, um, and cyanocobalamin, which is the less favorable option, plays a role with DNA synthesis, red blood cell formation, brain and nervous system function. Um, We know that the B12 is found only available in animal foods, so high susceptible population of deficiency would be vegan 
vegans, um, even more so than vegetarians if they're consuming eggs and dairy at least. Um, And B12 is needed to form red blood cells and DNA. So it's a huge key player also in function and development. So we're talking about pregnancy, the development of brain and nerve cells. We can see deficiency. One that is often overlooked is constipation. Mm -hmm. Um, And so often I'll add in that B12 boost for an individual that's dealing with chronic constipation. And that's a great tool there. Um, But we can also see on the other end of the spectrum, loss of appetite or gas. We can see nerve problems. We think of neuropathy, so tingling sensation in the hands or feet. I think we both suffered from that at times being vegan, right? I know. I was severely B12 deficient the first time we ever ran my micronutrient. And I was like, oh... It's that's why my it's hands are always to have numb. My fingertips it's not like normal <laughs> hands and feet. Yeah, okay. I totally had yep. that for yep. sure. Um, we can see muscle weakness. We can see um, actually impacting walking or gait, uh, vision loss, and then mental problems with low B12. So depression, memory loss, and behavioral changes. Okay, um, so that's the the B vitamins in a nutshell. Now I have to ask for the methodical listeners, what happened to B4 and B8 and B10 and 11. Yeah, we did skip some numbers there. So there are gaps in the list of B vitamins and that's because these substances are no longer considered um, critical to meet the definition of a vitamin, meaning that they are not essential for normal growth or nutrition. Okay. Makes sense. Um, Let's talk kind of generally speaking on drivers of B vitamin deficiency. I know there's a lot of overlap, you know, between Mm -hmm. the B vitamins and what can make us deficient. We said stress is a big one. Yes. Yes. So, you know, stress is a huge one. And when we're talking about stress, you burn through B vitamins on higher demand because again, a lot of them play a role with your neurotransmitter activation, um, your neurological system. Um, And so we need more B vitamins. If you think of like a standard over-the-counter B complex, it's going to say B complex for stress and metabolism or stress and energy or metabolism and energy. Those are kind of the big influences. So if the B vitamins help to boost up and create stress resilience, we also know that stress itself depletes our B vitamins. And we really see impacted the thiamine or B1, the pantothenate or B5, and B12 as being ones that directly affect the adrenal glands cortisol response. And then we know that niacin and B12 play a role in our sleep and waking cycles. So, you know, we talked about insomnia as a trend in there. Um, And these can be, of course, affected by stress and cortisol. In our adrenal support tablet, we include riboflavin, B6, and pantothenic acid, or that B5, as regulators of the corticosteroid or cortisol metabolism in the body. So stress, a big area of focus, and I would also add to stress, of course, adrenal insufficiency or adrenal um, excess. Um, We think of, of course, individuals that have an imbalanced diet or a high processed refined diet or those that are vegan that are missing, of course, the B12 and many sources, as we'll get to in a moment, of these B vitamins are going to come from your animal products. So anyone that's limiting protein in the diet, especially the biological sources, or if they're eating those vegan proteins that are um, going to bind B vitamins sure. or um, interfere with absorption. So if we're talking about like tofu or talking about um, soybeans and things like this, these phytates can interfere with bioavailability of nutrients. Um, we think of, as I mentioned, excessive alcohol consumption to deplete B vitamins. So one kind of trick beyond taking a detox pack is mm-hmm. if you are drinking more than two drinks, take a detox pack at bed, take a detox pack at rise and make sure you take that B complex at rise and you might take an extra one yep um and then we know that um various medications so especially proton pump inhibitors um as well as so when proton pump inhibitors block that hydrochloric acid that interferes with the absorption it interferes with that activation of intrinsic factor which aids in the b12 bioavailability Um, and then gut malabsorption or dysbiosis can play a role as well because we know that b vitamins are generally absorbed through the small intestine and that also the good gut flora can produce B vitamins in the colon. So we think of a lot of B12 and biotin dependent on the colon bacteria balance. Um, And so we could have, you know, deficiency based on a sterilized gut or a dysbiotic gut 
or of course someone who's had a bowel resection or small intestine surgical you know removal of a part of sure. the intestines that's going to inhibit absorption absolutely and and even just leaky gut or low digestive enzyme output we often see that as a, a big trend as well and you could be eating a wonderfully balanced animal rich diet but not actually absorbing and utilizing those nutrients absolutely yep and that's where I guess, you know, I'd say if you especially know that you have digestive stress, digesting yeah. could technically yep. indirectly impact your B vitamin status by supporting that bioavailability and that breakdown of your foods. Yep. Okay. And then let's touch back on um, B9 as folate. I think most people know it that way. And, and let's just talk about the importance of methylation, give a little reminder, recap of what that is, um, and also what to look for in nutrient form. Okay. So the concept of, before we can explain methylation, we have to go a little bit further back and talk about what SNPs are. So SNPs, uh, that, that S-N-P-S, SNPs are single nucleotide polymorphisms. And these are basically genetic variants. So you get 23 chromosomes from mom, 23 chromosomes from dad, and that makes up your double helix of your DNA. And based on what mom and dad gave you as your genetic makeup could have opportunity for SNPs, depending on, again, what they gave you in conception. Um, and so your genetics are stagnant. They're not going to change. Um, and we've over the last decade, truly started to gain attention in this idea of genome and epigenetics and the influence of our genetic polymorphisms or genetic mutations, if you will, and how those can impact whole body health. So when we're looking at methylation, this is a biochemical process that uses the essential B vitamin folate and methylation plays a role in building or excreting. So when we're looking at the gene, it's the MTHFR genetic variant and there are various forms of MTHFR SNPs. Um, and so when we're looking at the various forms of SNPs, you can be heterozygous, which would mean one copy that is mutated and one copy that is functional or normal, or you could be homozygous, which would mean that both mom and dad gave you a faulty gene or a SNP on that pathway. Um, when we look at the types of MTHFR genes, the C677T is the one that is higher influencing in the body. This can actually reduce the enzyme function up to 70% in the body. And then the A1298C is a little bit less prevalent and definitely less influential. Um, this will impact um, about that remaining 30% or so of function of methylation in the body. And when we're looking at the importance of methylation, this plays a role with reducing homocysteine, which is a marker of vascular imbalance if elevated. Um, high homocysteine can drive rigidity in the vessels and trend with cardiovascular disease. We know neurologically that there's huge influence on methylating. This can actually activate neurotransmitters. So our building blocks or our production of things like serotonin can be impacted by MTHFR. We know reproductive health, there's high susceptibility to miscarriage with MTHFR and as I said both building and excretion we can see toxicity so we see a world of neurological conditions so anything from ADHD to autism can be impacted we know that there can be autoimmune disease connections to MTHFR uh, chronic fatigue because we're not getting the energy production pathway we see a lot of cancer based on that toxicity and limited detox function we can see digestive issues as well as hormone issues beyond in fertility, PCOS can have a role there, and then migraines and mental illness, anywhere from anxiety, depression, to uh, mental disease such as schizophrenia. Okay, and it's important to know, you know, we're looking at probably 50% of the population having at least one impacted gene, right? Absolutely. And so, you know, that's why anything in the naturally nourished supplement line is going to make the assumption that you need a bioactive methylated 
form. And the concern is that many of the folate that's available in a supplemental level or especially in fortified foods is going to be in that folic acid versus that methylfolate or that folinic acid. Um, and so folinic acid is actually five formal tetrahydrofolate. And so it's an active group form of the B, the B vitamin that is um, going to be that bioactive folate. Um, it's also known as nature-made folate because that's the actual um, compound that we would find in food forms of folate. So you will see in our B vitamins, we're gonna do a blend maybe of folinic with an N in there, not just folic with an IC, um, a blend of folinic acid with that 5-methyl tetrahydrofolate, or you'll just see that 5-methyl tetrahydrofolate, but most definitely you will never see just folic acid in any of the naturally nourished line, and I would make a strong call to action to check your medicine cabinet or you know your children's supplements, your own personal multivitamin, especially your prenatals, yeah. to make sure that it doesn't have that synthetic folic with it just an IC, no N, acid, um, because this is going to be what would build up in the body, causing toxicity and imbalance in individuals that have that MTHFR. Yes. And wouldn't you want to just make it easier on your body anyway and yeah. give it the bioactive form so it doesn't have to go through all these extra yes. steps? Totally. Um, and, and, you know, if you did want to dig deeper on uh, this whole epigenetic world, we've got episode 69, epigenetics and methylation. Was that the one we did with Ben Lynch? That was, was that prior and then 70. Okay. So okay. we can link both I'll of link them. I'll link both 69 of 69 and 70. Cool. 70, he talked about dirty genes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is important because it really brings um, this concept of, you know, again, your genetic code is stagnant, not dynamic. So you get what you were born with. Um, but the epigenome is the expression of your lifestyle, your diet, your supplementation strategy on how that gene is expressed. Um, I also have for resources for you. Just last uh, couple months ago, I put out an article, two articles on Mind Body Green. Well, I was featured as a medical expert. Um, so there's an article called "What Is Methylation?" and then "What Is MTHFR?" and we will link those as resources to nerd out on further. Yes, um, and so yeah, fifty percent chance that you've got at least one of these SNPs, and and if that's something you're wanting to dig deeper on, like some of those symptoms maybe resonated, or you just want the information, Our family history. Yeah, 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 totally. Um, you can get your genes run through saliva or blood. Um, we do offer a genetic panel on the website, which is covering 30 plus SNPs, isn't it? 50? It might be. Yeah. I think it's 52. The Pro 7. It's a lot. Yes. Um, it's a big, <laughs> a big panel, uh, but provides guidance and, and we offer a customized email review. I'm doing more and more of those um, these days. So I think more people are, are getting interested. Um, you can also just get the um, MTHFR A and C yes. um, run like simple blood panel through your doctor and they should be becoming familiar maybe. about those. Maybe. <laughs> it would, yeah. Depends. Oh, every year a little bit more. Yeah. I think so yeah, yeah. for sure. Um, yes. So it's definitely important to consider if you want to know about your genes. Again, MTHFR is just one of so many different potential SNPs or polymorphisms within your genetic makeup. Um, so we run the Pro 7 by GX Sciences. Uh, you can check that out on our website. And it's always important to have that individualized email response because the computer generated, you know, feedback that you'll get is often going to contradict itself. Right, <laughs> like right. take methylfolate. Oh wait, you have COMT. Don't take high methylfolate. Yeah, Just yeah, take yeah. moderate level, which means, you know, 1.5 um, milligrams. Don't go above that. Um, and instead we want you to use based on your MTRR an adenosylhydroxy B12 instead of just a methylated B12 um, or vice versa. So it is important to kind of look at the whole genetic code and then have a functional practitioner lay eyes on it. So when you do purchase it through our website, you do get our feedback on what your body needs and the synergy of how it all works together in your body. Yes. Yes. Um, I also want to address here as we're just moving on to um, maybe back to B12 for a second, but B12 and folate. Um, yeah. Oftentimes people will get these run in like a serum blood panel and they're like, look, I got all these fancy labs. Yes. Um, but super common where I've had, you know, clients come to me with concern where they're like, my doctor wants me to stop B12 immediately. Yeah. And I'm like, Help. I'm sorry for, <laughs> for what reason? Um, and it's because the serum test is coming back 
elevated, right? And that number can look scary when it's red and it's like above, you know, I think 2,500 or 2,000, right? Looks like a big number. Yeah. Um, but what's important to know is that serum blood test is just looking at like what's flowing through your veins on that particular day. Um, and so if you're actively taking any formula with B12 or folate in it, um, or you're taking Calm and Clear, or you're taking a combination of these things like B Complex plus Calm and Clear plus yes. Multi Defense and B12 Boost, um, you may have substantially elevated levels, but there's no concern of toxicity or, in our opinion, any upper limit on B12. Mm-hmm. Um, and then folate, it would only be with that COMT that you mentioned mm-hmm. that we'd get a little bit concerned and, and likely you would know, you know, based on symptoms. Like I get a little funny if I take way, way, way too much folate. Yeah. Um, like that bliss for us. I was going to say, I remember when I had to sit in your car and you were driving me when you took it, I was like, please don't take bit. that. <laughs> yeah. Not again. Not again. <laughs> Brady one time was at like Whole Foods and he was like, he took a high dose of methylfolate and he was like, he called me. He's like, I don't know what I'm doing, but I've made three laps and I just can't get my thoughts uh-huh. together. I was uh-huh. like, okay, we need to adjust your supplements. Yeah. Strategy, yeah, yeah. Um, but definitely this is why we like to run the micronutrient panel through cell science. Um, so, you know, that's on our website as well as an option. And often when a client comes to me and wants to run their genetics, I actually prefer to start with a micronutrient yeah. test because again, genetics are providing us an opportunity um, or, you know, the foundation, but the micronutrients are going to tell us basically based on, you know, of course your body still has that genetic influence, what your body needs as right. a real time information. And so post-infection, how have you recovered? Or um, based on your elimination diet, are you getting enough biodiversity and nutrients um, in your diet? So the micronutrient test is a really great way to look at intracellular, not that solute load that's floating through. We can often see actually functional B12 deficiency and still have a high B12 sure. serum. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so you could learn more about this panel on episode 261. Um, that is looking at our personal results as we navigated the micronutrient test. And um, if you want to learn more about that, check out that resource of episode 261 of the Naturally Nourished podcast. Okay. Um, and then I wanted to mention maybe B6 real quick as we're talking about like lab values and, and toxicity. Are we yes. going to... Oh. We're going to cover that. Yeah. Okay, good. Um, right so, now, look at yeah. that. <laughs> look at that. I didn't even see us. Like, we need to talk about this. So um, that is the one B vitamin um, where I would say you don't need to proceed with extreme caution, um, but just a little bit of caution around, you know, supplementing with a mega dose of B6. Let's talk about why. Yes. So the RDA for B6 is 1.3, and that's the recommended dietary allowance, if you will, or like the limit, if you will, 1.3 milligrams for adults. Um, And an acute toxic dose has not consistently been established, but we generally say that we try to stay under 150 milligrams or 1.5 milligrams um, because B6 can drive neurotoxicity at chronically high doses. So when you're looking at B6 in your naturally nourished supplements, I just wanted to highlight those that have somewhat of a significant dosage and some consideration. So when we're looking at our um, cellular antiox, there's 10 milligrams of B6 per two. So most people as a foundational load are taking two capsules. So that could be 10 there. Um, Adrenal support is the highest one in our line of the B6. um, And that has 25 milligrams per tablet. Um, So if you are getting more than four of the adrenal support, you then want to think about maybe um, the B-complex add-on or the multi-avail mama or multi-defense. And that is a big distinguishable variable, at least for women to consider in their multis, the multi-avail mama is in four capsules or the full daily dose, only two milligrams of B6, whereas the multi-defense is 25 milligrams in two tablets. So if you're taking adrenal support and cellular antioxidants, and a B complex, you may be better off doing the multi-avail mama than the multi-defense if you're starting to get based on your amount of capsules, pills, and dosage closer to that 1.5 grams or 1,500 milligrams. Okay. Um, and just for reference to like Common Clear only has five milligrams per three capsules. So I think a lot of clients come to me, they're like, aren't I taking way too many B vitamins? And the answer is usually no. 
And then the last one to touch on in our line that is a pretty hefty hit is the B complex. Yep. Um, and so, you know, that does drive with the B6. That's actually, well, it's secondary of the kind of higher pushing nutrients here. Actually, third, fourth. I don't know. It's up there. Um, but it is providing 50 milligrams per capsule there. Um, and so, you know, being mindful of that, I have had individuals that, of course, with a functional approach and guidance can easily tolerate 2 grams, 2.5. But a general rule of thumb is to try to hang around that level. Yep. Okay. Um, good talk. I think that's important. Um, all right. Let's talk um, about this B vitamin and immune or antiviral connection because I don't think this is often like a big area of focus for these nutrients. We really talk more about like stress and hair, skin and nails and baby making. And yeah. Let's talk immune. Yeah. So there were two recent papers that looked at the role of B vitamins with COVID-19, both prevention and treatment. Um, so B vitamins do have an effect on your immune system. Um, they play a role with immune competence and, of course, that red blood cell response, which we know red blood cells play a role in fighting infection. Um, we know that they can play an influence also on viral replication and invasion, as well as cytokine storm induction. So when deficient in B vitamins, we can see more accelerated inflammatory response with infection. We know that B vitamins play a role with your adaptive immunity and also can play a role unfavorably um, if deficient in hypercoagulability, hypercoagulation, if you will, or basically blood clot formation. So B vitamins would be a good strategy in regulating that clotting factor and also the inflammatory and immunological viral responding system. Um, We know that niacin appears to be particularly important. Um, And this is because there is an NAD COVID response, if you will, with NAD+. Um, There's a lot of emerging emerging research here on the regulation of the immune response during viral infection and targeting the influence of NAD levels. The higher we get our NAD levels, which are relative to your niacin status, can promote an antiviral defense and suppress uncontrolled inflammation. So that NAD plus um, was a big thing that came up pretty early in COVID. And I actually don't think we ever really got it in any of our episodes. Um, but that, that's a big area of focus. And then also we know that SARS-CoV-2 um, has an ability to invade the body dependent on calcium signaling. And um, in turn, based on the presence of NAADP, um, which is also formed from niacin, NAADP-dependent calcium signaling is responsible for both the inhibition of viral entry into cells as well as driving the virus out of infected cells. So going a little higher dose niacin or bringing in this B-complex also at a time of immune season would be a really good strategy. And I'll link um, some of the papers in Cell um, Journal and... um, the resources mentioned. Let's just talk a little bit about B vitamin supplementation. So we keep mentioning, you know, taking these in a complex um, and let's just kind of highlight some of the key features of our B complex as we're talking about it. Yes. It's like one of the lone soldiers in our supplement line that we didn't get fancy with the name. Yep. (laughs) Just naturally nourished. B complex. <laughs> and it stands alone as an unsung hero. Uh, so, yes, we have a pretty hefty dose of thiamine at 100 milligrams. Uh, we have riboflavin in here, which is that B2 at 50 milligrams. Niacin also at 50 milligrams. And I would note that all of these forms are in the most bioavailable form. So, it's thiamine HCL or hydrochloric. Um, we have riboflavin 5. Uh, phosphate and um, we have uh, niacinamide for the niacin in our b6 we have a combination of pyridoxine hcl and pyridoxal 5 phosphate or p5p um, 50 milligrams there as i mentioned folate um, we provide 340 micrograms and it's a blend of this nature made folate which is that calcium folinate um, and quadrifolate um, as well as the 5 methyl tetrahydrofolate and we 
even put a little bit of organic spinach powder in there. We have methylcobalamin, the methylated form of B12. So both the folate and B12, of course, in their methylated forms. Uh, biotin as D-biotin, pantothenic acid as D-calcium pantothenate. And then we add in trimethylglycine or TMG and um, choline in the form of choline dehydrogen citrate. Now these two really favorably add to support that concept of methylation. So these play a role with neurological health. These play a role with that cardiovascular support of reducing homocysteine levels and play a huge role also in pregnancy, supporting healthy fetal outcomes and development. Yes, this is always a layering piece, I think, for pregnant women and women who are breastfeeding because Mm -hmm. you're just running through those bees like crazy. And and that choline, we always talk about that being very important for baby's brain development. Yes, totally. Um, I just want to address while we're talking about the bee complex, um, the question of why is my pee yellow? (laughs) (laughs) My pee looks like Gatorade all of a sudden. Do I need to stop taking this? Is something wrong with me? Um, Let's talk about that. Okay. So riboflavin would be the culprit there. And you are getting 3,846% of the daily value of riboflavin in this formula. Now, I will say with this concept of orthomolecular therapy or the concept of using functional formulas to optimize health, we're not looking at normal or, you know, the daily value. We're always looking at a higher, again, orthomolecular meaning kind of a mega dose nutrient approach. And that's because we're looking for these nutrients to actually upregulate biochemical processes in the body. And so to do so, we need a good potent hit. Um, Riboflavin will metabolize through the kidneys and create that yellow pigment. Um, And you'll also see that the capsule itself is quite uh, bright yellow. Yes. And um, there is a very harmless metabolite. It does not mean necessarily that you're over supplementing or that you're spilling it out in your pee and not absorbing the nutrients. It's just how your body metabolizes that nutrient. Yes really important to address. I'll be forwarding this podcast to everyone who asks me (laughs) that question. Um, Now, um, we haven't really talked yet about um, food sources, so let's hit on that um, and and some of our favorite foods that kind of overlap some of these B vitamins. Okay, so the first one is going to be meat. So if we're talking about red meat, we're talking about dark poultry, we're talking about pork, we think of pork for thiamine, for instance. Um, so meat in variety would be yeah. the best way to go. Um, and so, you know, don't listen to someone out there that's, you know, just carnivore myopic and saying only red meat or something like that. You really want a variety of meats and even getting game in there would be fabulous right. for less inflammatory approaches to protein like venison and such. Um, bison would be great. You're especially getting bonus B vitamin density with organs. I mean, in the multiple thousands of increase of potency when you're consuming organs. So I'm a huge fan of trying to get in ancestral blends. Um, We did a grass-fed beef and organ blend um, taco this week in our household. And that's a really good delivery. Did you? Um, We love that because, you know, cumin and garlic and chili powder or, you know, whatever you're using to season your tacos, especially with some hot sauce and some avocado, um, even melted raw cheddar on there is a great way to take that gaminess out of your flavor profile. And also, when you're doing these blends, you can dilute them, if you will, by adding more grass-fed ground beef. So maybe you start with one ancestral blend pack and one pack of grass-fed beef. And then, you know, you kind of work your way in that way for your palate. Um, So that's a really great way to get a boost of the B12. I also think of items that have their organelle intact. So like oysters, mussels, clams great source of course of B12 um, but of the whole suite of your B vitamins in a really nutrient dense source Um, and then as we move beyond the meat poultry seafood world we go into eggs followed by with the yolk of course followed by dairy um, and then we're looking at our leafy greens we think of foliage for folate avocado as a great source as well nuts and seeds legumes and mushrooms and you know you will see on many lists if you google b vitamin uh, foods you're going to see fortified foods like right. cereals and um, you know all of the 
often chemical shitstorms of processed products out there. And you do want to be mindful that, again, these fortified foods are going to have that folic acid, and that's what can actually be taxing or even toxic for an individual that has MTHFR. And this is why we're big proponents of this more paleo approach of eating or an ancestral approach, even when you're baby led weaning and working with toddlers and um, children of all ages, of trying to keep those refined grain foods and those flour based foods out because you're really setting up a disservice by providing them that folic. And um, it became industry standard a couple decades back to always fortify. So even if it's King Arthur's organic wheat flour, mm-hmm. um, you're still going to get that folic. Now, the only time you wouldn't is if it's an heirloom grain and you know the mill, <laughs> like right. Barton Springs Mill, for instance, um, does not fortify their grains. So if they're using einkorn wheat and they are you know, milling that, that will not have that impact. So to have sourdough bread from that source would be a different impact. Sure. But generally speaking, any flour-based food, even if it's Annie's organic cheddar bunnies to anything under the yep. sun, is going to have that folic and something we'd really want to avoid. Yes, and and ideally we're choosing like more nutrient-dense foods than that anyway. Like if we're baking with almond flour, that's just going to give you, you'll get some, you know, B vitamins from that. Totally. Because um, it's a, you know, a nut. Um, but that's going to give you some vitamin E and, um, you know, the fat and protein content. Totally. We'd much rather you do that. Anyway, um, I wanted to plug Force of Nature as we're talking about yeah. um, organ blends. As uh, I always love when I review a micronutrient panel, almost always I get to give a link to Force of Nature now because it's just such an easy product. Mm-hmm. They do these amazing ancestral blends. And mm-hmm. if you don't have, you know, a local farmer that will do a, a blend of organ and you know meat for you it's just so much easier than like I used to like pulse the liver in my food processor mix it by hand with the beef you would get chunks it's just not as fun as much as I am all about like getting your hands in your food like it's not that appealing and especially (laughs) if you're like kind of a virgin to consuming organs yes. um force of nature makes it super super simple so definitely check out their ancestral blends they have a bison ancestral blend they have a venison ancestral blend and i think they even have a chicken ancestral they do. And, blend. and it uses chicken fat which is awesome that's super they cool get chicken fat in uh-huh. there with dark chicken meat mm-hmm. so it has such a good flavor profile yes. absolutely awesome and then i would just say you know to put all this food as medicine together definitely take advantage of using that code KETO10 on our 12-week food as medicine meal plans where you can see this all coming together on a weekly basis of how, oh, sorry, it's KETOFAM10, excuse me, not just KETO10. Um, But, you know, this is how you can see everything coming together and learning how to use food as medicine as a staple and foundation within your household. So check out those meal plans to get more of a taste of how this comes together. And we hope that you learned some fun facts about B vitamins and you are going to maybe be inspired to play with organs or at least get variety in your proteins, check out the Naturally Nourished B Complex if this resonates to give you full coverage and we will see you next week. Thank you for listening to the Naturally Nourished podcast. Visit our blog at AllieMillerRD.com for recipes, wellness tips, and food as medicine meal plans. Connect with Allie and Becky at AllieMillerRD on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Until next time, stay nourished and be well.